thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And Lawrence is still on holidays. Can you believe it? <laughs> it's surprise, like surprise. Perpetual holidays. Unbelievable. This is a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. And tonight we've got a very special guest. And now, while you're away, Bretto, we uh, we interviewed Nat Kringoudis. And that was for the second time on The Wellness Guys. And that was the first time we'd ever done somebody twice. But tonight... We are repeating history. We are going back to one of our very, very early episodes, back when we were talking ketosis. We were talking about how to live low carb and how to do it down under and how to do it so well. And tonight, to bring a bit of clarity to the ketosis discussion, we've got back on the call with us, Jimmy Moore. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jimmy, it's good to have you back, mate. Hey, it's always great to be on the Wellness Guys podcast. <laughs> And we're going to have you back in Australia soon too, Jimmy. That's even more exciting. It'll, oh, it'll be shortly after this episode goes live. You're going to be here. Dr. Brett, you have no idea how excited we are to be coming back to the land of Oz. It's, it was such a glorious time when we were there in 2012, and we've got a whole lot of dates, a whole lot more than we did the last time. This time around, I, I think they're sending me to like 10 different cities all over your great country as well as uh, one stop in Auckland. Hey. Well, cheapers, you'll, you'll love it. You'll love it. We'll love it. We're all going to love it. It's fantastic. I know you're coming to my hometown, Jimmy, so I'm looking forward to yep. that. And I know there's a bunch of people who saw you here last time who are excited about hearing you again already. So it's going to be a ripper. I can't wait. You know so, what was really cool is I, I keep track of like how my book does around the world in various places. And Amazon Australia, my new book, has been at number one of nutritional health Kindle ebook sales since it came out in Australia. How's so there is certainly a, a lot of uh, interest in ketogenic diets over there nice. in Australia, for well, sure. Well, we're taking full credit for that, Jimmy. I think that was all us. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you the credit, Dr. Brett. <laughs> hey, so, Jimmy, it's, been, it's amazing that it's been two years since you were here last. It absolutely blows me away to think that that was actually two years ago. Fill us in. What have you been up to in the meantime? Your last time you were here, you came and you were speaking to us all about cholesterol and what the HDL is wrong with my numbers. And But you were also in the process of doing this ketosis journey, and you told us a bit about that last time. But obviously, yeah. you've done more on that journey since two years ago. So fill us in. What have you been up to? Yeah, so my publisher was like, okay, we want you to write some books for us. And I had told them about the ketosis stuff like back when I was in Australia the last time. And they're like, yeah, nobody really cares about that subject. That's too fringe. You need to do something a little more mainstream. So that's why they said, let's do cholesterol first, because when you start talking about high-fat diets, what's the first thing people are going to say? Oh, that's going to clog your arteries. It's going to give you heart disease, and you're going to keel over and die. I mean, that's quite frankly what they think. So <laughs> they made us do the cholesterol book first, which, you know, in hindsight, I'm very glad that we did because we do have that situation out of the, out of the way now. Mm. Don't talk to me about heart disease and raising your cholesterol and clogging your arteries because go read that book. Now read Keto Clarity. <laughs> but um, they did give me the opportunity to write about that fringe topic. And what's amazing, Dr. Brett, is Keto Clarity has already done about 25 times better than Cholesterol Clarity has. Jeez. Wow. So that's good. Huge, huge, at least interest. And I think part of it is nobody's ever written this book. 
you know, Dr. Atkins kind of talked about it on the fringes with his diet for weight loss. And then there's been a few books out there about epilepsy and the role that ketogenic diets can play in epilepsy control of mm. seizures. Yeah. But nobody's ever written one about total health and all the various aspects that health has improved eating this way. And then nobody's ever shown you a how-to guide of doing it. And then you guys know I'm not an MD, PhD, RD, or any D after my name. <laughs> I'm just a guy that likes to communicate information in easy-to-understand ways because I'm a consumer. I'm a patient, too. I want to help other consumers and patients be empowered. So giving them clarity, which is our word du jour on these books, um, giving them clarity on how to do that, I think is kind of my role in this whole space. Jimmy, it's good. It's great that you're doing this because many, many years ago, naturopaths in Australia, and naturopaths in Australia are seen as fringe. I don't know how naturopaths are seen over in the States. Are they seen as fringe in the States? Still fringe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And look, naturopaths are seen as fringe over here in Australia, even though they're becoming... Our even worse. Yeah. It's crazy, hey? Well, we see that here too. We're seeing that and there's some fringe and outlying groups of the Australian Medical Association that kind of make us look bad, but we tend to do things earlier in the piece than what the research says we should you right. know so like the research takes 10 or 15 years to catch up the other day they said coconut oil could in fact be good for us over here and we've been talking about this the virtues of coconut oil for years and eggs and all kinds of stuff and you know often the early the you know early adopters and the pioneers get shot down but your information it's timely there's a lot of movement in this direction. People are eating less carbohydrate, they're eating more protein, they're eating good quality fats, all that sort of stuff. And of course, that's going to put you into a natural state of ketosis if you get the levels right. Is that correct? It should. Yeah, it absolutely should. And you know, the interesting thing, Damien, is when I was trying to kind of figure out how to word this in keto clarity, you know, people like macronutrient ratios. I believe, uh, Dr. Brett, last time I was in Adelaide, I, I gave the talk. I, I talked about my macronutrient ratio working out to 85% fat, something like 12% protein and 3% carbohydrate. It's mm. since even adjusted a little bit from there. But that's Jimmy Moore. That's not everybody in the whole world. So, yeah, we show you how to do it in the book that you customize it. You have to work on those carbohydrates and get them to your tolerance level. You have to bring the protein probably a little bit down for some people because a lot of people, that they've heard, okay, eat uh, low-carb, but then eat unlimited fat and protein. So what did they go out and do? They went and bought chicken breast thinking that was good enough, but mm. they were giving themselves an overload of protein, and we can talk about why too much protein is bad. Yep. But finding that protein threshold is really the key. And then eating the fats to satiety, making sure you get saturated fat, monounsaturated fat. I cannot wait to get more avos from Australia. <laughs> that is the best part of Australia. Avos and macadamia oh, nuts. Wait till you get to New Zealand, uh, mate, because the avocados over there are unbelievable. And the butter, I heard, is really the awesome butter. there too. Because so. yeah, they pet their cows over there. They pet their exactly. cows. They pet their cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hand feed them. They cuddle them, kiss them goodnight. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I am not going there, brother. <laughs> I'll, I'll kiss the butter. How about that? <laughs> 
Jimmy, um, obviously, I've interviewed you a number of times now, Jimmy, a couple of times on that Paleo show and, and now a couple of times on the Wellness Guys. So I'm going to try not to double up the questions too much, but I think there's a few questions that need to be answered for the Wellness Guys listeners who may not have heard some of the other answers. And when we talk about ketosis, you know, a lot of people, as soon as you mention the word ketosis, people go, well, hang on, ketosis, that's bad, right? We don't, we've got to avoid ketosis because that's yeah. a you know, medical problem. So can you explain to people the difference there? Sure. So in medical school, doctors have been very well trained that if they see ketones show up on a urine analysis, a blood test, or even some of the new technologies in breath, that if they see ketones, that is a very bad sign because what they're referring to is what is a common problem in type 1 diabetics and some type 2s that don't have any beta cell function with their pancreas they have a very serious condition called ketoacidosis. And what that is is they eat a carb meal, a high-carb meal, but then they don't take their insulin. So something interesting happens when, when they do that. Their blood sugar obviously starts to rise very precipitously. In American terms, it's well over 240, grams, uh, 240 uh, milligrams per deciliter. So that's extremely high blood sugar. I'm not sure what that translates to Australian terms, but it's extremely high. But then the body thinks it's starving. Even though it's got all this energy flowing through the blood, it thinks it's starving. So it also starts to raise the blood ketones simultaneously and not to these levels that we talk about in nutritional ketosis, but extremely high levels upwards of 20 millimolar on the blood ketone meter. Well, when those two things are simultaneously happen, you have very high blood sugars and very high blood ketones, the blood becomes very acidic, and that's an extremely dangerous, uh, it will put the type 1 in a coma, and they will die if they don't get insulin. So that, that's what ketoacidosis is. That's what doctors think when they hear the word ketosis and they see the presence of ketones, they think ketoacidosis is happening. Yeah. But here is the key. If you're not type 1, not type 2, uh, with no beta cell function, if you can make any insulin at all in your body, I mean even one drop of insulin, you cannot get ketoacidosis. It's just impossible. And what we're referring to with ketosis, especially this term nutritional ketosis, you're eating a low-carb, not a high-carb diet, moderate protein, high fat, and you'll have moderately high levels of blood ketones. The highest I ever got on the blood ketone meter, I think it was like 6.7. But oh. at the same time, my blood sugar was in the 60s, which is extremely good. Yeah, so, that's like three point something over here. That's pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's real, real low, which is what you want. Yeah. You want that. And, and it's not hypoglycemia because people hear that low of a blood sugar and they're like, oh, Freak you out. must be feeling bad. And it's yeah. like, no, <laughs> what true. happens is the ketones step into the place of where that blood sugar was hmm. and gives you that energy. I mean, I've had my blood sugar go into the 50s, uh, <sighs> which is really That's low. Yeah. But my blood ketones are stepping in the place. So, so hopefully that does put to rest a lot of people's concerns that, oh, I don't want to go on that keto because I may get a ketoacidosis. No, you won't. If you make any insulin at all, it's impossible. That's a good call. That's a good call. Uh, just before we go into what I, the question I want to ask you, Jimmy, um, there'll be people thinking, but if your blood sugar levels get down like down to two point something, which is what you're talking about, or even just right on three in the 50s, mm -hmm. they're thinking, well, how's my brain going to function? That's what they're thinking. How does it function? Yeah, Jimmy? and it 
this is the most exciting part of ketogenic diets. If I never lost a pound, if I never, you know, had any other benefits, which I had a lot, but if I never had any other benefits, just what it does to your brain health, I would do it because people don't realize that they think, okay, well, you need to eat carbs so your brain will function properly. Well, that is absolutely 100% true if you're a sugar burner. But what we're talking about here is trying to shift your body's fuel source over from being a sugar burner to being a fat burner. And the way you do that is you do the things we talk about in the book of lowering your carbs, moderating your protein, eating more fat. And over a period of adaptation time of, you know, some people as a few days and, you know, many people a few weeks, once you're there, your brain will go, wait a minute. I'm getting a fuel source I haven't had before, but I prefer these ketones. I prefer to be fueled that way, and it rewards your brain by making you feel happy, by giving you stable mood. You have probably a sharper mind. I mean, it's 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday morning for me. Hopefully, I'm pretty sharp right now. <laughs> and, and you know, you have these moments in your brain that you're going, wow, that's what normal is supposed to feel like. And most people are walking around with carb brain. They don't know what what normal brain function is supposed to feel like. Yeah, that's awesome, Jimmy. And we actually just had our cave camp last weekend, Jimmy. I know you've been all across that. And uh, and I actually yeah. had the exact same conversation with one of our attendees at cave camp who has been doing more of a low-carb diet. He's a great guy. His name's Mark. He's an engineer. You know, it requires a lot of mental thought in his job working on huge projects. And he was reporting exactly the same thing since he's gone to a more low-carb diet. He's just, he says his concentration, his mental function has just gone through the roof. So it's just backing up what you said. But Jimmy, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. I've heard you say those percentages, you know, 85, 10, 5, or whatever it was that you said a second ago. And, yeah. uh, and they're thinking, yeah, okay, I, I get the numbers, but what does that actually look like? Like, what would a meal look like that, that made up those numbers? Because they sort of have, they have trouble getting their head around what, what that actually constitutes. So you want me to do, like, a sample of what my meal would yeah, look like? Yeah, just like a couple of examples of what a meal would look like that had those sort of ratios. Sure. So, again, we're keeping carbs probably pretty low for me. In absolute terms, we're probably thinking about 30 grams of carbs. I know there's a gram difference between Australia and America. It turns out 30 grams of carbs, maybe like a handful of green leafy vegetables. And then an Are you talking about like the actual, the, the weighed amount of carbohydrate, not the amount of carbohydrates in the food? Is that what you're talking about? So let's say, for example, I get a, if I get 100 grams of apple, which is about 4% carbohydrate, or 6% carbohydrate. Yeah. Are you talking that that would be 6 grams of carbohydrate? So you're saying that's 100 grams of carbohydrate? I know what you're doing. You're testing my keto <laughs> brain function here. Oh, yeah. I'm I, was going not, to... I was a writer in, in school. I wasn't a mathematician. <laughs> so no, it's actually the amount of carbs that's in the food itself, not okay. the weight. Not the weight. Okay, yep. Well, yeah. that's heaps it, of food. That's truckloads of food. Yeah. In America... The way that we measure grams, they show it right there on the label. I know you guys have a per 100 gram, so it's a little easier, I yeah, guess, for you to do. kind of track that. So anyway, I don't obsess about it to the nth degree, but I think in roundabout terms, like I said, about a handful of vegetables and an avocado pretty much gets me to the 30 grams. 
So then I turn to protein and I go, okay, I can't really have chicken breast unless it's like dredged in fat somehow because that's too lean. So I tend to lean towards the more fattier cuts so things like steak that would have more cut or pork belly is really good. It's got a lot of fat on it, but not a lot of protein. And then of course the fat is the natural fats in the meat. And then you can supplement with more fat vis-a-vis sour cream, any kind of high fat dairy type of sources, of course, butter, ghee, coconut oil, lard, any of those are really healthy fats for you. Avocado oil, uh, macadamia nut oil, all the things you get in awe is really easy. It's hard to get some of those foods here in, in America. Sounds like my pantry. <laughs> sounds like I need to come to dinner tonight. Yeah, come on over, come on over. Uh, mate, that sounds pretty simple. It's very, very easy, and a lot of people don't realize yeah. how easy it is to get into ketosis or to eat a meal and to get satiation or satiety. They don't realize how easy it is, Jimmy. And you've been doing this for so many years now. In fact, it was back in, oh, I can't actually, it was episode 55 from memory was when we interviewed you, but I can't even remember when that actually was. Do you remember when that was, Brent? Well, that's, that's two years ago because we're up to about 170, I think. Yeah, so, so that's well, a while ago. July, yeah, maybe I'm July, in, August. I'm, nine, I'm almost at 900 on my show. So That's <laughs> incredible. up with that, buddy. That's <laughs> incredible. And you've been maintaining ketosis, a constant state of ketosis. Now, on the urine sticks, which is pretty much the easy thing for us to get access to here in terms of, uh, you know, people can, if they want to get into ketosis, they can rock on down to the local pharmacy, pick themselves up some keto sticks uh, made by Bayer. <laughs> not that we're paid by Bayer for me to say that, but that's how you get them. And you get them from the pharmacy. I've always said, Jimmy, when I've put people into ketosis with my weight loss programs, that they would hang around 1.5 to 4. But where are you hanging around, do you reckon? So, you know, this is a journey. And I think we all have to kind of continue our journey and find what works for us. When I feel best, over 1.0 is is where that really starts to really kick in. Okay and highly recommend that people try to aim to at least be over 1.0 as much as you can. You know, and I'm a former 400-plus-pound guy. Uh, was that 200-kilo guy. It's, it's hard, you know, when you kind of live this journey and you're trying to share good information. And there are a lot of things that can happen that, that will impact ketone levels apart from your diet. You know, everybody always wants to stress. look at the diet, but yeah. stress is a big one. Man, stress yeah, is so huge. you're sitting there stressing yourself out. Of course, I wrote two books in one year. Uh, uh, no stress there. <laughs> uh, well, I'll play a small little violin for you, Jimmy. Jeez, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two books. Well, yeah, that's pretty tough. So, that is hard work, one. but stress is one of those things. Not enough sleep is another one. Uh, too much yeah. exercise can take you out of ketosis too. You um, got it. There's a lot of things. Then, there's a lot of factors in this hormone, ketosis. Yep. Yeah, hormone dysregulation is another big one. Uh, Especially you know, for the my girls. Own wife, my own wife, yeah, exactly. My own wife, Christine, found out that she had some thyroid things going on. And this has been going on long before she ever ate low carb. And she's just now getting that kind of under control and ba- rebalancing those hormones. So she's starting to feel better. And, and of course, she's always rocked the ketone. She's been amazing. Not having to do 85-10-5, she can do a lot different than what I do and get that very easily, whereas I have to work a whole lot harder at it. So, yeah, there you go. 
And what's the difference there, Jimmy? Like, why is it so much harder for you? Is that because of your previous history and, I guess, the perhaps damage you'd done to your body from those previous years of eating it differently to the way you do now? Or is that just an innate thing within you that your makeup is just different? Or why is that so much harder for you versus your wife? I think it could be a variety of those things, a combination of those things, Dr. Brett. I think that, you know, 400 pounds at one time in my life, that doesn't come without consequences eating the way I did before. Again, you can't undo the sins of the past. You can only deal with what the present gives you. And the present means I've got this body that I have to try to take care of the best that I can with the stimuli that I give it. And uh, so, yeah, it's always going to be harder for me. I've even noticed that even sometimes I'll get a blood sugar response eating green leafy vegetables which that freaks people out. They're like, there's no way. Those are, you don't have to count those carbs because they're healthy. Well, they might be healthy, but some people, when you've become ultra sensitive to carbohydrate, you even have to be careful of that, which is why I highly recommend people buy a a blood sugar monitor and kind of see where you stand. And you were talking about, I, I believe it was Damien that said that, well, the only way you can really test for ketosis is the urine sticks. There's actually in Australia, you guys are very lucky because you have this blood ketone meter called the Freestyle Optium. Really? That is very easy nice. to get. And the, and the strips are about 70 cents a piece, which in America, for the same kind of meter, it's about $5 a piece for those strips. So you guys have uh, a bit of an advantage. When I come to Australia, I'm going to stock up on some of your Freestyle Optium because you can do this. And it's very easy. That's the thing I want to kind of emphasize that once you get into this and you kind of track and you see what impacts you, you know, all right, this is what I need to do. And then you don't have to test so much. But those testing tools definitely give you a great way to track it. That's pretty cool. That's cool. I had no idea that we could get that blood glucose or that blood ketone monitor here in Australia. So that's good news. That'll make it easier for people too because, yes. you know, if you want that accuracy and you want to take it further, then that's, it's, it's great to get that clarity. You should have been and listening to dual... that paleo show, Damo. He, said, he mentioned it. He talked all about it on that. <laughs> yeah, well, far out. Maybe I should have, Fredo. It's all about it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, there you go. I'll be checking that out, and I'll be reading that book. Now, you mentioned a few things that can stop people from getting into ketosis, and there's a lot of people out there that have tried ketosis. I found in practice that there was a lot of people who, with type A blood, they really struggle to get into ketosis, and often they get into ketosis for three, four, or five weeks. And the behaviors of the type A blood person tended to be that they'd crave a heap of carbohydrate because they're the, they're, they're the ultimate, they're the ultimate sugar burner. You know, like they just love it. They love carbohydrate. There's my problem. Are you type A blood? <laughs> I'm an A positive. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, so they tend to struggle to get into ketosis, but long term they can do it. It just takes persistence. And fortunately, Jimmy, you had a great experience with ketosis. And you, you, uh, you had passion and vision and drive and a purpose. So all the reasons to keep on going with ketosis, but many A-type blood people will go, oh, this is just too hard. And they won't enjoy it as much as, say, someone with O-type blood. And it just took me a long time to kind of work this out, you know, when I was in practice. But after 16 years, 17 years of seeing it, became really crystal clear and I remember speaking to Peter Diadamo um, at, at one point and I asked him about it oh, yeah. and he said also that um, you tend to find that particularly with the O-type blood and the B-type blood person or people that they will respond really well to you know ketotic type diets and the A-type blood person will still do well it's just harder for them to get in there and maintain it so you might have found that 
Yeah, I actually interviewed uh, Dr. Diadamo, but at the time I did not uh, ask him about ketosis. I'll have to have him back on again now. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't seen that personally. One of the remedies that we talk about in Keto Clarity is if someone is craving carbohydrate and they have these like very strong sugar urges, get you some cheese and then put some butter in it and eat that and it will qualm the craving. And it works like a champ. I mean, it's pretty amazing. People think they're starving for those carbs that they want, but if they just eat some fat and a little bit of protein, it's amazing how that carb craving goes away. So it's basically like a sandwich with butter in the middle of cheese. Is that what you're saying? You got it, man. <laughs> and, and Dr. Brett, you know I can put away some butter, man. Oh, I've seen you with your butter, Jimmy. It's it's impressive. It's impressive. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, I want to come back to something you mentioned earlier, and that was the protein. And you were saying the dangers of people having too much protein. And right. I think this is a really important one because so many of the, I guess, the diets and particularly people who are big in the exercise sort of area have been big on just absolutely smashing the protein and, and these high, you know, low-carb, high-protein diets. And obviously, we talk about something a bit different here with the low-carb, high-fat diet. So I'd love you to talk about the protein and why too much of that can be dangerous. Yeah, and if you're an exerciser and you're able and, and you have a goal in mind that you're trying to build muscle and do it that way, then probably eating a little more protein is extremely prudent. But the average person is not an elite athlete. They're not someone trying to bulk up. They just want to get adequate protein in their diet, and it's probably a whole lot less than they think. So, yeah, too much protein does this really long G word that we talk about in Keto Clarity called gluconeogenesis, and that's just a fancy-schmancy word for when you eat too much protein, it actually can turn to glucose in the body through the liver. So uh, the excess protein gets transferred through the liver and it turns into glucose in the body. So if you're trying to be ketogenic, that is very anti-ketogenic because <laughs> you don't want more glucose in your body. You're trying to shift your body from being a glucose sugar burner over to being a fat and ketone burner. So you've got to moderate down the protein so that you give your body exactly what it needs but not too much. And so that's why tinkering and testing, you know, testing your blood sugar, and we show you how to do this in Keto Clarity. Get your carbs right first, and, and once you dial that in, then get your protein level to the threshold that's right for you. And again, the blood sugar monitor is going to be a key to seeing how well you're doing in that because it won't lie. If you're eating a chicken breast and you're like, oh, my gosh, why am I hungry two hours later? Or why is my blood sugar you know, out of whack? That's why you got to dial that in. So too much protein can be a bad thing for people that are non-elite athletes. All right. So Jimmy, let's say I'm listening to this podcast and I know there'll be people listening to this podcast who've kind of just gone far out. I think I'm a bit of a sugar addict. I think I'm definitely a sugar <laughs> burner. And I think yeah. maybe I should give this ketosis a go. You know, How do they start? Like, wh What do they do to start themselves off on this journey? How do they monitor it? And what effects and side effects can they expect as they start themselves on this journey? Wow, that's a loaded question, Brett. <laughs> so, <laughs> We've got like um, two minutes. Go. Yeah, two. <laughs> <laughs> so, we could have started the interview with that one. <laughs> yeah, I'd still be talking on that one. So yeah, so the best way to start is just begin. You've got to get those carbs down. So obviously, if you're already eating uh, grain, sugars, starches, and all that, you really need to try to really take a look at what you're eating and realize that every single thing you put in your mouth does have an impact on you. 
And so dialing in those carbs, and if you've been diabetic, pre-diabetic, insulin resistant, obese, or even just a little overweight, you probably need to bring those down, you know, significantly. And again, it's going to vary from person to person. Christine, my wife, can have probably 75 to 100 grams of carbs in a day and not have ill effects to her blood sugar, whereas I have to stay at like 25 to 30. So it's a significant difference between person to person. So doing that is definitely key, definitely not overdoing it on the protein. If you start to see, okay, I'm not seeing the results I want to see, bring that protein down just a little bit more, raise that fat just a little bit more because I think we're more fat deprived than we are fat starved or, or, or fat overload that people think, well, we eat too much fat. So that's why we have all the health problems. Yeah, we eat too much of the wrong fat, but not enough of the good fat. So uh, again, you guys very lucky in Australia to have the really good fats. And so making sure you do that. And then the benefits that you'll get, the, the side effects that will come is natural hunger and appetite control. You should have mental clarity, more sound, restful sleep, great metabolic function, stabilized blood sugar. I mean, I could go on and on, lowered inflammation, better lipid panel, uh, general feelings of happiness and well-being. You can fast intermittently very easily for like 12 to 24 hours. I'm, I'm trying to think the last time I ate. It was over 12 hours ago. Endless energy. I mean, I could go on and on. Definitely read Keto Clarity. We have a whole list of great side effects on page 37. And then the back of the book, we show all the science, all the latest science and what it shows that a ketogenic diet is helping with. So really excited this information is getting out there. Jimmy, that's all been fantastic. And Keto Clarity is the new book out. And so everybody, get yourself a copy around on that one. Download it on your Kindle or whatever else you want to uh, download it on. It could be your iPhone, your BlackBerry, because you can do that on BlackBerry, believe it or not. You can. And I've got Blackberries. I've got one. I love my BlackBerry. I'm just going to put it out there. (laughs) It's Keto Clarity. Nah, nah, go on to the iPhones. Just no one's an iPhone. Not unless you don't want status. Uh, Lowcarbdownunder.com.au is where you can find details about the tour at Melbourne, Hobart, Launceston, Byron Bay. Byron Bay, my birthday, by the way. Gold Coast, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, and Sydney. He's all over the place. He's everywhere. And I bet if you want to go meet Brett Hill, he'll be in Adelaide. And I reckon Saturday, 15th of November, I reckon I'm going to get along to that one uh, in Melbourne. That should be fantastic. You can also go to liveinlavidalowcarb.com. And just check out what Jimmy's up to because he's up to so much. You can just see it all there. It's, you can find it all. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And, it's been... and Jimmy, you might even meet Damien Christoph when you come to Adelaide because Damien Christoph is speaking in Adelaide the night after Jimmy's talk ah. as well. Am I? Oh, I am too. Oh, I was told that by someone else. You didn't tell me. You never yeah. let me know, but someone else told me. Oh. <laughs> I would have put it on Twitter. <laughs> I would have... Oh, I am too. That's right. I am too. How exciting. Well, I better get there early then. That'll be good. I might even come and see you in Adelaide twice. (laughs) So everybody, make sure you get... You'll be in Tassie on the Monday, will you, or the Tuesday? On Sunday the 16th and Monday the 17th, yep. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, we'll we'll catch up. We'll catch up. Everybody, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the wellness guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update, particularly those thinking about ketosis. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you are there, leave us a five-star rating because Bretto, Lawrence, and me love five-star ratings. And give us a comment because we read them. We do. And we answer them. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example. And let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. 
Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. If you're loving the Wellness Couch podcast, then you'll absolutely love our special once-only free four-part webinar series starting Thursday, October 30. Join me and my Wellness Guys co-host plus Marcus Pierce from 100 Not Out and Inside the Champion's Mind as we dive deep into the hot topics of wellness over four consecutive weeks. Brett Hill will kick us off by showing you how to be fab and fit in five. I'll be presenting What the F and discussing the big bad F words when it comes to food. Lawrence Tam will leave you inspired with a magnificent mindset. And MP will reveal his 10-step formula to mastering your life. These webinars are absolutely free and they go for an hour each. And they take place every Thursday night from October 30 until November 20. To get access, you must sign up. So simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com or check out The Wellness Couch on Facebook. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.